Thanks so much for joining us here on the Rivers Church Podcast. We see a church full of passionate people who reach the unchurched with the gospel of Jesus. Our heart is to equip people to love, live, and lead in God's kingdom. We hope you enjoy today's message and pray that it encourages you to be all that God has destined you to be. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us and check us out on our website at riverschurch.co. That's riverschurch.co. Here we go. So you will receive this blessing if you are careful to obey all the commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today. The Lord God, the Lord your God will bless you as he has promised. You will lend money to many nations but will never need to borrow. You will rule many nations but they will not rule over you. But if there are any poor Israelites in your towns when you arrive in the land of your Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Instead, be generous and lend them whatever they need. Do not be mean-spirited and refuse someone alone because the year for canceling debts debts is close at hand. If you refuse to make the loan and the needy person cries out to the Lord, you will be considered guilty of sin. Give generously to the poor, not grudgingly, for the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. There will always be some in the land who are poor. That is why I am commanding you to share freely with the poor and with other Israelites in need. If a fellow Hebrew sells himself or herself to be your servant and serves you for six years, in the seventh year, you must set the servant free. When you release a male servant, do not send him away empty-handed. Give him a generous farewell gift from your flock, your threshing floor, and your wine press. Share with him some of the bounty with which the Lord your God has blessed you. Remember that you were once slaves in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. That is why I am giving you this command. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Would you stay standing? I'm going to pray in just a moment, but before I do, I want to give some direction to our prayer time here that we're going to have. And we have an amazing opportunity this week to, for you to join this thing that we call Freedom Course. Freedom Course and Conference is a nine-week experience that I promise you will revolutionize, transform your life and your relationship with, with Jesus. And many of us did it this last fall, and it was, it was great, right, Melody? Right? It's a wonderful thing. And uh, I remember you shared about that, what God did in your life through it. And uh, we've had low signups, which was interesting because so many people were interested. Several people wanted to do it again. A bunch of people who missed it, missed the conference, wanted to do it this spring. But the, the signups have been very, very low. But this is kind of like the last call. If you want to join us, it starts this week. And so I want to take a moment and pray because sometimes what happens with these things is like, oh, nine weeks. I don't, you know, what can I do this, you know? And I want you to ask God, what does he want you to do? Because sometimes we just kind of put off things that maybe God might nudge us and say, no, this is for you. And this is one of those opportunities I believe firmly in. It's such a great study and course. God will set you free. You'll learn about how to walk in the freedom that Jesus has for you. And so I just want to pause right now. We're going to pray over the word that we just read and that we're going to hear more about. And also, maybe God wants to speak to us in this moment and... So just listen. God, you want me to do Freedom Course? Well, I'd hate for us to just, just kind of push it aside because sometimes we can do that, right? Ah, nah, maybe next time, you know. But maybe God is saying, nope. 
And so let's just, let's just pause right here and let's do that. And let's, would you join me, Lord? I know many of us have experienced the profound impact of that study and what you did in us through that freedom course. And uh, maybe there's some people here in this room or even listening online that you want to speak to. And you're calling them, you're drawing them to be a part of that this year. God, what do you want us to do? Lord, we want to be people who are willing to say yes. Willing to say yes to those nudges, those promptings, those leadings in our life. That's why we pause right now, even in the midst of this service, this time, this gathering. What would you have us do, God? Is this something you have for us? that you've prepared for us because you have freedom for us in this next two months. And Lord, for your word, Lord, we just pray, God, that you would speak to us through your word. Lord, I I just believe that you're gonna speak to everybody here today. You're gonna speak to everyone that's listening to this message. And may we, from the beginning, not assume that our heart is good soil. I pray, God, that we would have this posture of readiness, eagerness to receive that which you have for us. Lord, I pray that over every single one of us, no matter where we're at in this faith journey, in this Jesus journey, that we would just have this posture to receive that which you have for us from your word. I pray this in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, thanks for doing that. Why don't you go ahead and have a seat? And if you are feeling like, man, I need to do this, this is my time to do Freedom Course Sign up on the Connect card. You can use the digital Connect card online for all you online people. And let us know. We'll follow up with you ASAP. Like this afternoon, we want to follow up with you and let you know the information about Freedom Course and what that's about and how you can plan to be involved with that. So use the Connect card to sign up for the Freedom Course and, or the digital Connect card uh, as well. well. We're starting a new series today, and it is called The Blessed Life. Anybody want to live a blessed life? Anybody out there? Okay, just, just, just a few of you. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Well, we're going to help the rest of you. We're going to help all of you here today. Uh, this is going to be a good, good series. And I was thinking this week, like, if you want to succeed in something, if you really want to get the most out of something or excel in something, you've got to do what we say. You've got to put your whole what into it, your whole heart into it, right? It's like, I got to go wholehearted into this. Like, if I do something half-heartedly, I'm probably not going to succeed, excel, or get the most out of whatever that is, right? If I just kind of lackadaisical about it, like, oh, whatever happens, happens, I'll try, we'll see, and then, then if it doesn't feel good or whatever, you know, if that's our posture, then we're really not going to get what we can out of that or succeed in that. And it's the same in our relationship with Jesus. I want to encourage you to be someone that says, I want to put my whole heart into this. I'm going all in my full heart, not just half-heartedly, not just even most of my heartedly, but my whole heart, everything. And today, that's what we're going to talk about. The title of the message is, It's All About the Heart. It's all about your heart. We're going to talk about our heart here today. And I want to go back to this this verse here in Deuteronomy 15, verse 5. This is what it said. It said, you will receive this blessing if you are careful to obey all the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today. 
So God, you gotta understand this, God wants to bless you. Your heavenly Father loves you so much that you, you read that all throughout this scripture. Like this is a big love letter to us. Like God, all over this, is like I love you, I love you, I'm for you, I wanna be with you, and I wanna bless you. God wants to bless us. Okay, so he says this, you will receive this blessing. If we do what? If we are careful to obey, right? That's a key word right there. Everybody say obey. And so what you see all throughout scripture is obedience is huge in God's heart. And so God is asking us, even in this passage, a couple times commanding us to do this. He's commanding us to, to be generous. He's commanding us to obey. Obedience is huge in our relationship with God. And so you tie that with our heart, and it's kind of an easy connection. Like, I'm not going to obey if I'm not going to put my heart into following Jesus. I'm not going to have any desire. Now, the truth is, I can obey maybe for a little bit, maybe for a couple days, a couple months, even a couple years, just out of duty or obligation. But God doesn't want any part of that. He, that's, that's religion. God doesn't want us to be in religion or just do this Jesus thing out of obligation or duty. He wants us to do this out of relationship, and not just relationship, but a loving relationship, a heart relationship. He wants all of our heart to be in this. That's why Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commands. And so it's not, you better prove to me your love by obedience. No, it's actually out of love we're going to want to obey. And so obedience is a big deal to God. And it's out of obedience that we can actually experience him and his blessings. And that's what he's saying right here. If you are careful to obey all the commands the Lord your God has given you that I'm giving you today. So we got to walk in obedience. Obedience. And I'm praying that you and I would walk in full obedience. The NIV says fully obey. That we would fully obey. And that requires my whole heart to be in this, right? So this new series... The blessed life, I believe, is going to be very beneficial, very helpful for everybody. Man, stick with us all these next few weeks. It's going to be good. And this series is based off of this book and series by a guy named Robert Morris. He's a pastor in Texas. Some of you maybe have heard of Robert Morris. Maybe you've even heard of this book or this series. So we're going to pull out a few principles over the next few weeks. We're not going to go through everything in this book, but this book is good. Highly recommend it. In fact, I know people who are very smart and very... Uh, amazing and do great things for God who read this every year. It's that good. Like every year of their life, they read through the blessed life. And so I highly recommend you getting this. It's a good read and you'll go even deeper into this blessed life thing. But the, the subtitle is Unlocking the Rewards of Generous Living. And so we're going to talk about generosity giving. We're going to talk about having a good perspective of our money and our finances over the next few weeks. That's what the blessed life is all about. And so sometimes that makes people nervous. Like, uh-oh, here we go. We start talking about money. I knew it. God just wants my money, right? Like a church just wants my money. And that's, okay, here's the deal. Let's just set the record straight here, the beginning. God's not necessarily after your money. He's after your heart. He wants your heart. That's why Jesus said where your treasure is, that's where your Heart is, right? Okay, so whatever I treasure, whatever I value, my heart is there. We want to treasure Jesus and all who he is and, and what he's doing in us. And, and that's, if we treasure him, our heart is going to be there. God wants your heart. So yes, he wants your money, but he wants everything. He wants everything because he wants your heart. 
So I believe this is going to, uh, this is gonna revolutionize how some of us approach money and how we think about this. But this is a very important foundational message because it's all about the heart. It starts here in the heart. And when we look at our money and we look at how are we gonna handle that and am I gonna be a generous person? Sometimes there's some issues in our heart that God needs to deal with, so we might be doing a little heart surgery through the next couple of weeks. And that's okay. Because when God does that, it's good. So let's look at a couple of scriptures here. First, we're gonna look at Matthew chapter seven. Matthew seven, verses one and two. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with, this, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So the topic of those two verses would be what? Judge. Judging, right? You saw that word several times. So let's make sure we commit this to memory, even if at the very least short-term memory. And let's just kind of say this a couple of times. Say, do not judge, or you too will be judged. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. Okay? I want to make sure we remember this, okay? So, from the same way you judge others, let's say that. From the same way you judge others. Let's say that again. From the same way you judge others, you will be judged. Okay, we're all over the place, but that's okay. With the measure you use, say that. It will be measured to you. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. It's good, okay? So let's look at some similar passages over in Luke. Luke chapter 6, verse 37. This is what Jesus says here is recorded in Luke. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. <laughs> so you started doing it again, right? Yeah. All right, no, we got it. We got it down, I think. At least short term. Okay, so it's interesting. It starts off that way, and then look at the last sentence of verse 38. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Okay, so same passage. Okay, this is a parallel passage right here, but there's some in-between stuff that really expand on this that's very important as well. So do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. We poured over into your lap. For with the measure you used, it will be measured to you. All right, so there's some good stuff in there. Give, and it will be given to you. Now, when we hear the word give, what do we usually think of? That's where we go, right? We just naturally go money, okay, money, money, okay? But notice, money is not mentioned at all in this passage, in fact, there's several specific examples. Money is not one of them, which is interesting because for many of us, if we've been around church for a while, verse 38 is directly tied to money. Give, and it'll be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, pouring over into my lap, okay? So we connect that with give. It'll be given to you. And so there's truth to that. You can apply that to money, but it's way bigger than that. Way bigger than that because this is about our heart. That's what this is all about. Jesus, speaking these words, is speaking directly to our heart. Give judgment, and that's what you're going to get back. 
give condemnation, that's what's going to come back on you. If you forgive, you will be forgiven. If you don't release forgiveness, it's going to happen to you. It's this kingdom principle of we reap what we sow. And so this is a heart issue. And then he goes to give and it will be given to you. And so giving, again, is not just a money thing. This is a heart of generosity thing. Am I a giver in my life or am I a taker? See, whatever you give is going to be given back to you. This is about our heart. So giving is, is a heart issue, and I want us to just talk about our heart today because that's, that's, that's the focus. Okay? It's all about the heart. And so four things I want to give you if you want to live the blessed life. If you want to live the blessed life, number one, you've got to deal with a selfish heart. We've got to deal with the selfish heart. Okay, so let's go back to Deuteronomy 15, and let's look at this. Deuteronomy 15. Look at a few verses here. Again, verse 7, just to remind us of what's going on here. If there is a poor man among your brothers in any of the towns of the land that the Lord your God has given you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted towards your poor brother. Rather, be open-handed and freely lend him whatever he needs. Be careful not to harbor this wicked thought. And he goes on to describe it. The, se uh, the seventh year, the year for canceling debt, is near so that you do not show ill will towards your needy brother and give him nothing. He may then appeal to the Lord against you and you will be found guilty of sin. Huh. So let's talk about this. Deal with a selfish heart. How do we deal with a selfish heart? Selfishness can cause our heart to become hard. And so that's why God is saying there, don't let your heart become hard-hearted. Don't be closed-fisted to people. Be open-handed. There's a big difference between this posture and this posture. Right? You don't see two boxers go up. To... You never see that in a UFC fight. Okay, this is a different posture than this. And so God is saying, don't be hard-hearted, don't be closed-fisted, be open-handed. You want to have a heart of generosity. It's a soft heart. Lest you begin to have wicked thoughts which lead you to sin. That, I mean, God's just calling us out. I mean, he's speaking it like it is. This is where our heart can go. And this wicked thought, he begins to describe this wicked thought. Don't think, well, this, this person wants money. I could lend them money, but the year for canceling debts is coming, and so I'm not going to get anything back, and so I'm not going to do this. It's a wicked thought, and it could, it could cause you and I to sin by not being generous. And so what that's referring to is every seven years back then for Israel, they canceled all debts, which how many think that sounds pretty good? Well, let's go back to that system, okay? That's... Let's hit that Old Testament part right there in our country right now. Every seven years, okay? If you're in the sixth year of owning your home, you're thinking next year. Yeah, come on. It is free and clear. I own this thing. I love this idea, actually. Okay, so we need some, we need, we need some more people in our government to start reading some of this Old Testament stuff right here. <laughs> so the year, seventh year, all debts are canceled. And so don't think this is what he's saying. Oh, it's you know, six months away until canceling all debts. I'm not going to loan any money because I'm not going to get anything back. I'm not going to make anything out of this deal. That's a wicked thought, which leads to sin. And that's selfishness will lead us there. Have you noticed we're born selfish? You've noticed that? You realize that? We're born 
selfishness, self, selfish, we're, we're born selfish. You see it very clearly in little humans, don't you? It's so, it's so natural. I'll never forget when Jude was approaching the age of beginning to talk, you know, so it's at nine, 10 months, whatever, you're trying to, you know, you're speaking words, trying to get, and every good dad's like, dada, 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 okay? So I would come home from work and I'd be like, okay, Jude, dada, dada. And I gotta, I gotta combat, Amy's been at home with him all day going, mama, mama, mama. So I gotta combat, I gotta catch up when I come home. And so I was like, dada, 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 dada. And wouldn't you know, I won. Dada was his first word. And so I was super excited about that. But the truth is, when you think about it, he had already been communicating before that. His communication went something like this. And you, every baby communicates this way. You know, it's like, you know, and so that's communication for feed me. Communication for change my diaper. I, hold me. I, you know, it's this, they, they realize that they whine and they cry that you're going to come and you're just going to take care of them. And so that's how they communicate. That's all they can do. And then they begin to develop words. And then their favorite word becomes very quickly at the age of about two and three. It's like, they always say this, it's mine, 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 mine. You don't even have to teach them that. It's like, you got to break them of it. We are born Selfish, but we're born again generous. And as, as you live out this new nature that God has given you, this new heart that God has given you, remember, God is a generous God, and he is wanting and calling you and I to be generous. 2 Corinthians 5 says, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. Now God's spirit lives inside of you. You and I are participants of the divine nature of God. Second Peter talks about this. His divine power has given you everything you need for life. His divine power has given you everything you need for godliness. Everything you need lives inside of you. God has given that to you, and he wants us to give out of that. Okay, so he wants us to be generous. And by his spirit at work and alive in us, we can be generous people because we're born again. And our born again man wants to be generous. So sometimes the selfishness creeps in. And so God's like, okay, we got to deal with this. And maybe you're there today and God needs to do a little heart surgery and just kind of deal with this selfishness issue. Let's let him do that. Number two is we got to deal with a grudging heart. A grudging heart. So let's read verse 10. Verse 10 says, give generously to him and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work in everything you put your hand to. Give generously, not with a grudging heart. What does that mean? It means to give unwillingly, sparingly, or reluctantly with displeasure. It's like I'm giving, but I don't even like it. I'm blessing people, I'm giving of my finances, I'm even trusting God and giving, but I, don't, I find no pleasure in this. And the issue is a heart issue because there's grudge in our heart. And the foundation of that is who I think this money belongs to, uh, who I think my stuff belongs to. So you, if you own a home, whose home is it? You have clothes on right now, and we're thankful for that, right? 
Some of you online may or may not have clothes, and that's totally cool with you wherever you're at right now, okay? That's great. But these people, I see you, you have clothes on. Whose clothes are they, really? The car you drive. Whose car is it? See, what happens is when we give with a grudging heart, we have this like, oh, I don't really want to do this. We have this idea that it was mine. This is mine, and so as I give it, I'm giving up my stuff, but if I have this, this mindset of everything I have is God's, then it changes how I view that. Oh, you need some of God's stuff that he's blessed me with? Okay, yeah, I can be, I can be generous. It totally changes how I feel. Other translations say grieving heart. Don't have a grieving heart when you give, which kind of speaks to like when I give and then I regret it. Like, oh, I miss it. I shouldn't have done that. I needed that, right? Like, have you ever given before? And then after that, something bad happened, like your car broke down, you got to spend hundreds of dollars, and you're just like, oh, man, I wish I wouldn't have. You, you, all of a sudden, you grieve the giving because you need the money right now to do the repair. And you're like, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Maybe you've thought thoughts like that before. Let me, let me just be honest and say that comes from the enemy. Because he wants you to be selfish. He wants you to grieve that stuff because he wants you to think that it only belongs to you. That it's yours. The enemy, his plan, remember, steal, kill, destroy, does not give you a positive future, by the way. God is calling you and I to be generous because it all belongs to him. He's given you so much. He has blessed you. Be generous with your life and all that you have. It is a heart issue. You see, the selfishness happens before we give, but the grieving or the grudging happens after we give. And we need to deal with both heart issues. Both we need to address within us. All right, so number three is this. This is the goal here. But actually, let me ask you a question before I go there. Why do you think God invented giving? Why did he create giving? Was it because he needed to make sure that there's enough finances for his kingdom and his church so the church can be okay and grow and expand and reach more people. He's like, I gotta, I gotta set up a system to make sure we got enough. Or do you think that maybe God created giving for our benefit? Huh. Do you think that maybe God created this concept of giving because he knew that something would happen inside of us that was gonna be, in the end, for our benefit? So this is why we need to develop a generous heart, a generous heart. So let's look at verse 14 here of Deuteronomy 15. Supply him liberally from your flock, your threshing floor and your wine press. Give to him as the Lord your God has blessed you. Liberally, generously give as the Lord has blessed you. I pray that you and I would develop and grow in a generous heart. Men, have you noticed how women love to share food with one another? They just are totally into sharing food. If you don't notice this, men, like this is the thing, okay? Like you can see a group of people go out to lunch or dinner together and some lady will say, I'm thinking about having this and inevitably another lady will be like, I was thinking about the same thing, let's share. And like, that's a great idea, let's do it, let's share, let's have this together, you know? And you'll see that happen and like, you'll never see two dudes do that. <laughs> okay, dude, like, we, don't, we don't think that way. Like, share. Like, why? why what, what do you mean? <laughs> okay. Uh, so I remember as an as a early, young, married person, like, Amy always wanted to do this. Like, let's share. Let's share. I'm like, why? Like, <laughs> you order your food, 
and I'll order my food. You eat your food, and I'll eat my food. How's that sound? Does that sound like a deal? Okay. And so we do that, and she's like, oh, can I have a bite of yours? I, I want to have a bite of yours. Like, and, and, and here's a bite of mine. I'm like, I don't want Yours is disgusting. You got like mushrooms on it. It's horrible. If I wanted that, I would have ordered it. I wanted this. I will eat this. You ordered that. You eat, and so it's kind of how ladies, they just love this. And so I, I kind of learned through the years that it actually is good for her if I kind of give into that a little bit. Like, let's share, because she loves the shared experience. It's more than just sharing food, but it's just this shared experience. Like, you're tasting and enjoying what I'm enjoying, and I'm enjoying what you're enjoying. It's like, this, we're doing this together. <laughs> and, and, and she loved that, and so I started appeasing that. and like, okay, let's share, and that's good. Okay, so we get, we'd order the same plate. I'm like, okay, we'll just share off of this together. And what I learned from that was not... Only did she love that, and did it make her feel loved? It saved me money. <laughs> so I'm like, sweet. I'm helping the budget now, which I'm all about that, if you know me. And so now, I, this is helping the budget. This is great. So you just, let's just go to a Mexican restaurant. Let's just grub on the chips and salsa, and then we can share a plate together. And we have saved a lot of money, and I'm full. And it was wonderful and good food. And I still always make sure I tip as if we ordered two plates because I don't want to cheap out on the waiter or waitress because I think that's important. That's the whole generosity thing. But still, even in the end, it saved money from budget, so I liked it, so it was good. And so now we share often. But I, it was a process for me of not being so stingy if I can be honest. Because as guys, we're like, this is mine. I like, I'm gonna eat this. This is mine. Now, if I can be even more honest, I have really struggled with being stingy. And I've had to have God really work on helping me become generous in my life. Even as a kid, as I grew up, if I had a, a pack of gum in my pocket, I would literally open up the gum inside my pocket, unwrap it inside my pocket, and I just... And here's why I did that, because I didn't want anyone to see that I have a pack of gum and inevitably ask me, oh, you have some gum? Can I have some gum? Because I did not want to share my gum. And some of you, maybe you feel me on this, okay? But that, just think about how selfish that is. I, was, I did not even want to share my pack of gum. And so, even, and this is, this is the sad thing, because then inevitably somebody would also notice like, oh, you're chewing gum. Do you have any more gum? I, 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 no, no, sorry. It's my last one. So selfish of me, right? Because I did not want to share. I've had to have God deal with my heart in this. And I've had to learn that in a very real way that God created giving for me. That he did something and something happened in my heart as I really began to, to give. I've had to learn firsthand that it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. See, when we give, we're destroying selfishness and greed in our life. We're destroying it. We're breaking its power over our life. And remember, God is not necessarily after our money. He's after our heart. That's what he longs for because where our treasure is there, our heart will be also. And so this is a heart issue that God wants to deal with in us. And I pray that we would grow in developing a generous heart. About 10 years ago, Amy and I received a letter in the mail and it was an interesting letter. It was one from one of our former students. She was in a really tough, tough season of life. And in it, she kind of poured out her heart to us, which was kind of shocking because she didn't really talk or share anything outwardly. In fact, we were serving at a new church, and so she, but she was at the old church we had been serving at. I, like, when we left, I think she hated us. <laughs> but we got this letter, 
And she's like, I'm in the lowest of lows. I can't get out, break this partying and drinking cycle in my life. Would you consider taking me into your home? So Amy and I were really struggling, like, okay, this is, a, this is a big deal. We talked to her mom. And her mom's like, if you think God is in this, I would feel so honored and so good to send my daughter to you. She was in the summer year right before her senior year of high school, but she was so desperately wanted out and to break this. And she was willing to move and leave everything and move two, three hours north and just leave it all so she could start over again. Now, interestingly enough, several backstories to all of that. Uh, one of them is this was one of your girls. This is McKay. Like, she loved on this girl. And so you had, you, I mean, I can't even take credit for all of her because like, you did so much for her. But God had spoke to me about a month and a half before that. And God had said so clearly to me, I want you to be a father to the fatherless. And so I'm praying about that. Like, what does that mean? How do I do that? There's lots of kids in our youth ministry that don't have dads. I'm gonna, okay, yeah, I'm going to lean into that guy. I'm going to be like a father figure to anyone and everybody that I possibly can. And then once you know, one of our girls from that church, different girl, wanted to come and intern with us. And so she had reached out, I want to intern, I want to pursue ministry, I want to come and up there. And so we're like, awesome, okay. And so there's no place for her to live. I guess you're going to have to live with us. And so we had just started that process of getting rid of our office and our playroom and game room and kind of setting it up for her. And it was this crazy process for me and Amy to really deal with this kind of like, we like our space, we like our stuff, we like this room, we like this, God has blessed us with this house, this is amazing, we got space to run and play, our kids can be noisy and it doesn't drive us crazy, and now all of a sudden we're giving up some of the big play area for a girl to move into and take over, now our privacy's gone, we gotta feed another human in the house, all those things that are confronting a selfish heart. And then we get this letter, and so we talk to the other girl, like, okay, you want a roommate? <laughs> in a matter of a month, Amy and I didn't just have two toddlers in our home. We had two teenage girls in our home, and it was, it was a sacrifice. It was, I mean, it cost money. It cost time. It cost drama and long family conversations and trying to, like, why do you do this? You can't do this. I mean, and even at times we'd take the girl who's a senior in high school, taking her to school, and she would say one, maybe two words. It was kind of one of those seasons. It's so interesting and challenging. It's like you wanted to be here, but you don't act like you want to be here. Can you, like, act like it <laughs> at least? We're trying to help you out here, you know, and it was this process of walking with her through that season. I began to see God change her heart. But you know what really happened is God changed our hearts. As we had opened up our home and our family and our space to two teenage girls, but especially this one, this was like her last hope. So she lived with us for a couple of years. And it was amazing to watch God just change her heart, like just set her free from past stuff, past addictions, and just become, the, she just blossomed into this young woman. This guy went after her. They got engaged. And so she's like, I'm engaged. Let's do premarital counseling. Okay, I do premarital counseling. And so I'll never forget the day where I got to do her wedding, but I didn't just do her wedding because I had become her dad. And so I got to walk her down the aisle. And as, as her dad, I walked her down the aisle, and then I stepped in, and I got to be the pastor that performed the ceremony too. But it was one of the greatest honors of my life that I would have missed out on had I said, no, I don't think we can do this. 
And I experienced the power of just giving and generosity. And I think so many of you have done way more than what we've done, but that's part of our story, how God has expanded our heart. And I've discovered the power and the truth of what Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And I pray that God would grow in us a generous heart, a heart of generosity. The blessed life, guys, is all about giving. That's what this is all about. We're gonna talk about giving. And it's not a give to get, by the way. It's a give to give. That's where give to give. I'm not into this, a give and you'll get giving. Even though we know that God blesses those who are generous. We just read that, okay, Luke 6, 38. Give and it will be given to you. It will happen. Good measure, press down, shaken together, running over, poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So as we give, it will come back to us. But that's everything in life. This is a heart thing. So God will bless those who are generous. We know that, but this is not a give to get thing. This is a give to give to give because God has called us to be generous and he wants to place his heart inside of us and his heart is generous. And he just wants to be generous to as many people through us as he possibly can. God pours out blessings on those who are generous. He blesses those who are givers. And he does it so you and I can continue to give and bless and expand his kingdom through that. Amen? So I love this passage because Deuteronomy 15 is speaking to making sure we're generous and we're serving those who are poor and more needy than we are, which is the heart of God. That's God's heart. I mean, God's heart so clearly is loving on those who are maybe have less, especially loving on the, the orphan, the widow. That is God's heart. And that's our heart for our church, guys. We want God's heart to be in our church. That's our prayer. That's our dream. That's our goal. If you were at our vision meeting this last Sunday night, I talked about how I really want to serve our community better. And we've talked about this for years. Like, we don't want to be just a church in our city. We want to be a church for our city. We want to serve our city. We want to be generous to the community around us. We want to make a difference in this area that God has placed us in. That is our heart. That's our longing, but we need help. We need generous hearts that are willing to step up and say, I'll help lead. I'll help coordinate. You need some projects to to this neighborhood? I'll help organize that. You need some projects to the school? I'll help lead that and organize that. And so I just throw that out there again like I did last Sunday night. If you want to be a part of a, a community service, community action team that helps our church serve and make this community better, let me know, because we desperately need some people that say, I'll help, I'll help put some things together, and then a bunch of other of us can just come and join and serve and help and make our community better and just love and serve people out of the generosity of our heart. Let me know, because that is our prayer. That's our dream. So before we hit point number four, let me just say two things. This is, we're talking about having a generous heart. Here's two ways you can respond. Two ways practically today and this week you can respond. One is, would you consider again, if you didn't do so a couple weeks ago, consider again sponsoring a child or some children through Feed One. Two weeks ago, we had Heroes Sunday and we honored heroes, you know, all the heroes in our country today. Had a lot of fun with that, but talked about being a hero to some kids. $10 a month through Feed One feeds a kid for one month. And there are some packets underneath every row. There's at least one underneath every row. If you want to consider adopting a child or two children, it says $10 a month per 
child. And I'd love for you to consider that, pray about that. Those of you online, there's actually in the digital program, there's a link you can use. You can click that link and you can sponsor children through Feed One that's connected to Rivers Church. And so pray about that because that's a specific practical way that you and I can be generous to some people around the globe that we may never know. Another practical way you could respond, and this would be next week because this isn't starting this week, but starting next week. I don't even know all the details about this, but I do know this. The youth ministry is wanting to raise money for summer camp, and they're gonna do some crazy thing in March, like March Madness kind of a deal, like pie a pastor. And so something like if you wanna see me or one of the pastors get a pie in their face, you give money to those kids, and they're gonna rally, you know, you know, just donations for summer camp and kind of help them raise money for camp. And you can see, maybe be a part of seeing one of your favorite pastors get a, or your least favorite pastors, whatever, get a pie in their face, whichever you prefer. Or you can save your favorite pastor. Okay, so that's next week. I don't know all the details, but we'll be letting you know about that. But that's another way you could be generous, all right? Number four, you ready for this? Number four, as you bring this to a close here, develop a grateful heart. And I think that this is where it begins. I want to be generous. I've got to be grateful. Gratitude is so important in how we respond and live in life. Develop a grateful heart. Verse 15 in Deuteronomy 15 says, Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you. Don't forget is what God is saying. Don't forget where you used to be. You were slaves in Egypt. The Lord your God redeemed you. That is why I'm giving you this command. He said, that's why I'm calling you to be generous. Because I don't want you to forget where you used to be. You were slaves in Egypt. I redeemed you. I brought you out of slavery. I have set you free. Be grateful. And out of that, then be generous. Be generous. You know what I love about the Old Testament? Is the Old Testament is a foreshadowing of Jesus. It's a foreshadowing of what Jesus was going to do. In fact, you can see Jesus in every Old Testament book so clearly. And this is one of those verses you can see Jesus right here. Because don't forget, Romans 6 talks about you and I. We're a slave to sin. But Jesus redeemed us. Jesus, what he did on the cross, he set us free. And if we're thankful, let's live like it. If you really want to make an impact in this world and be generous, I think it starts with having a heart that's grateful and remembers, I know where I used to be. I was stuck in sin. I was stuck in that. I was a slave to sin, but Jesus set me free. He redeemed me, and so I'm so thankful for that. And then because of that, I, I, just, I just want everybody to know I'm changing how I live. I'm changing how I give. I'm changing everything about my life. My whole heart is in this because I'm grateful for Jesus and all that he's done in my life. And I pray that you and I would never, ever get to this place where we take for granted the grace and the power of the cross. Be grateful for Jesus. I mean, truly, truly grateful. Man, he set you free. You're not stuck in sin anymore. You have an eternity with him. Like this doesn't just impact today. This impacts forever. Are you grateful? This is why I think 
we should just give our whole heart into this because Jesus did. This is why I think I'm just gonna walk in full obedience to you, Jesus, because you fully gave yourself for me. And I'm so grateful that I'm gonna live for you fully and completely and wholeheartedly in everything. I think if we're truly grateful, we're gonna share it with other people. I think if we're truly grateful, it's gonna cause us to really want to be generous. Like, man, all that God's done, I can't help but just, I'm a giver of my heart and my life. It starts with a grateful heart. And out of that gratefulness, I pray that you and I would be so grateful for the grace of God that we would want everybody we possibly can hear the good news, the power of the gospel and how it sets us free and how Jesus redeems us. I pray that our gratefulness would cause us to wanna share that and to wanna walk with people through life and help them grow in their faith because we're so grateful. And if I could be honest, some of us maybe haven't started a, a, a go group yet and I wanna encourage you to start, start now. And sometimes we kind of drag our feet and like we know what we should do. Like I know I'm supposed to disciple and help people grow and walk with people through life and do this and, and encourage people, but we, we don't because there's some selfishness in our hearts or there's some grudging or grieving in our hearts. And so this is a heart issue. To really give, and I can't think of anything to give your life to that's better than helping somebody discover, encounter, and meet Jesus. Experience the freedom that he has for them and help them grow in that relationship. That, my friends, is the greatest investment you could ever give because you've not just impacted their life today, but for eternity. That's why I'm all for, I'm all for serving people, you know, giving people water and clothing and helping people and even giving people money, but here's the deal. If we don't give them Jesus, they've missed out on everything because he is everything. And so pray about this, guys. Let's pray about it. And some of you need to start your go group now and, and maybe you have already started. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you on those, but um, I'd encourage you, start a go group, meet with some people. Let's, let's get together. Let's discuss the word. Let's help them grow. And maybe there's some people who aren't in their faith, aren't, aren't uh, have a faith in Jesus yet, but you're gonna help them grow in that. And I think it starts out of a grateful heart. I'm so grateful to Jesus for what you've done. I am loving. I'm meeting with a go group right now. I mean, this is one guy, it's just two of us right now. I'm loving it. Here's a guy who is so young and raw in this faith, like he believes in God, but doesn't know hardly anything. And it's like, he's like, this is awesome. This is fun. Thanks for doing this. And it's like, there's so much gratitude in him as I take time to do this and everything's so new and fresh for him. And I love it. It starts with a grateful heart, doesn't it? A grateful heart. A grateful heart says, I'm going all in, Jesus, because you gave it all for me. And what if we had a church full of people we're just all in for Jesus. What if? If you were at the vision night this last Sunday night, I shared this thing that God kind of deposited into me a few months ago. I guess I would call it kind of like my what if prayer declaration. 
And I got lots of feedback. I heard from lots of people like, that was awesome. Can I get a copy of that? And I wanted to share it for you one last time because I felt like, man, this is good. Because this connects with generosity and being grateful and all that. What if, I want you to think about this right now as I go through this what if declaration right now. Let God stir something in you through this. What if God's people thought more about the unchurched and less of themselves? What if we were more concerned about the popularity of Jesus than the popularity of ourselves? What if we were more concerned with the amount of people we're taking to heaven than the amount of money in our bank account? What if we were open to God using us to share the gospel? What if we actually saw radical salvations on a regular basis? What if we were so filled with the Spirit that others could sense Him in us? What if we woke up thinking about the opportunity to talk about Jesus? What if we responded when the Spirit prompted us to speak? What if we were more concerned with the spiritual state of others than what they thought about us? What if we loved Jesus so much that everybody knew? What if we had our next door neighbors in our home discussing the Bible with us? What if we saw our next door neighbors in church worshiping with us? What if we had 500 go groups meeting throughout the valley? Imagine that. What if we actually responded to be one of the workers that Jesus told us to pray for? What if we lived as sacrificially as Jesus? What if we lived as spirit-empowered as Jesus? I could even add this for this series. What if we lived as generous as Jesus? What if the Holy Spirit showed up in all of his glory this Sunday when we gathered? What if? Could you imagine? What if? Would you stand right now? Let's pray. What if? I just want us to start by just being grateful to Jesus Jesus for who he is and what he's done in our life. Can we just do that right now? Would you join me in prayer? Let's just be grateful. Lord, we're so thankful for you. Jesus, so many of us have experienced and encountered your love, your grace, your forgiveness. Look how we're grateful that you went to the cross for us. That you redeemed us from our past, from our, our sin. We were a slave to sin. You set us free. So grateful for that, God. Forgive us for not being grateful. Forgive us for taking that for granted. And Lord, I pray that you would just grow, develop a grateful heart within every single one of us. God, you did everything for us. Even before we had an opportunity to decide how we were going to respond, you gave it all. We're so grateful, God. So that's why we respond with gratefulness, God. We just want to give you our hearts in our lives, live for you. We thank you, Lord, for all of your blessings. God, you've blessed us in so many ways. So many ways, in so many shapes and forms. God, your blessings, the big and little, are all over our life. Lord, I pray that we would see them, notice them, recognize them, be grateful for them. God, you've blessed us. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for all your blessings. Lord, I want to pray for friends that are here right now, everyone who's listening that may be going through a tough season. Lord, I pray as they walk through that pain, as they walk through the the heartache, as they walk through the discouragement, Lord, that you would help them even in this place to be grateful. Lord, that gratefulness rise out of them because 
the very least, Jesus, you have set them free. You have redeemed them. Their sins are forgiven. They are set free. You, you have grace for them today, and your grace wants to empower them again today to live with you and experience you. Lord, I pray that they would have gratefulness that would come out of their hearts in the midst of pain and tragedy. Lord, let them be grateful right now. I pray, God, by your spirit that you'd help them with that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, let us be grateful. And let it translate into every area of our life, Lord. We just can't help it because we are so grateful. God, would you do that, Lord? Some of us need a little, little heart surgery right now, God. Would you deal with us? There's some selfishness in us, Lord. God, some of us, we grieve, we grudge after we give and bless. And Lord, forgive us, Lord. Deal with those issues in our life, Lord, so that we can be generous and live how you've called us to live. Lord, I pray that right now. Would you do that, Jesus? Take it out, cut it out. Convict us, Lord. We repent. We ask for forgiveness, Lord. Just take away this selfishness and this pride that we have. We give ourselves to you, Lord. We trust you fully and completely, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, for those who aren't in relationship with you, I want to pray for them right now. Maybe they've never said yes to you, but they're trusting you, Lord. I pray that they right now, Lord, would just sense and know and realize, Lord, you love them so much. That's why you went to the cross for them. Your love is so incredible that you died for them and they can be set free from the sin that they've committed from that rebellion. And Lord, I pray that they would just let go of trusting in themselves and try to make it happen themselves. Lord, I pray, God, that they would ask for forgiveness and just commit to trusting you and following you, Lord. I pray that today would, would be a new beginning for them, a new beginning. You're putting a new heart in them, Lord, as they pray and ask for forgiveness, Lord. I pray for grace all over their life, grace all over their life, Lord Jesus, as they say yes to you and commit to you. Some people are doing it right now as a rededication. They're coming back to you right now. We're thankful for that right now, Jesus. Would you move and work in their heart right now, I pray. Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hmm. Generosity is being released in all of us right now. In your hearts, generosity. I was taking a few moments just to pray, and there's some things that God's speaking to me to pray over you. I just want you to receive this right now. Just receive this, just open up your heart to receive this. As we were praying before service earlier, just God was saying there's gonna be a release today. There's a release today. I think there's a release of of bondages being broken, of people being stuck in selfishness and sin. That's being released. That's being broken and a release of generosity, a release of gratitude. It's being released right now in Jesus' name. By your spirit, God, release that. Just a spirit of generosity. Let it sweep through our hearts, our homes, our community, Lord Jesus. I pray that we would be known as people who are generous, who love, Lord, that this church would be known as a generous, loving, giving place, Lord, that that be released out of this place right now in Jesus' name, I pray. Right now, Jesus, by your spirit, want some of you receive that for yourself. Release generosity out of that. God's blessings are coming. God wants to bless you. God has plans for you. God wants to do great things in you. Come on, just let go. Spirit of generosity is being released right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this message at Rivers Church. We'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. 
To learn more about what's going on in the life of our church community, check us out at riverschurch.co. I pray that this week you would walk in the power and the presence of God. Thanks for joining us.